down in the den. So go tell a friend. The best podcast on earth is about to begin. We got jokes and news and movie reviews. After dark NC-17 with the crew. Interviews with the best artists around. So like, comment, subscribe. The show starting right now. Let's go. Like, comment, subscribe. The show starting right now. Welcome to Down in the Den. It's your boy, Mr. Mars Entertainment, and I am in the den with one of the dopest, one of the funniest, and one of the most entertaining MCs out there. Welcome to the den, Mr. John E. Raps. How are you doing today, King? What's up, man? How are you doing, Mars? Man, another day in paradise. I want to say thank you so much for joining me, man. I love your style. I love your swag, so I was very excited to have you here, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. I'm really excited to be here, too. Yes, sir. So, absolutely. So, it's a tradition here. I'm a huge nerd. I grew up in the 90s watching every X-Man cartoon, going to every <laughs> single Marvel movie, going to every single DC movie. So, it, it's become an, uh, an obsession to me. So, in the okay. tradition here, I always say every hero, every villain has an origin story, something that triggered, that turned them. Uh-huh into what they are today. So, was it a radioactive bug bike? What was it? What's John E. Rapp's uh, uh, radioactive rapping bug? What was your origin story? What turned you into the hero you are today? Well, I mean, it's actually, it's a pretty good story because I was I was a, um, a stage actor. At, okay. Uh, did regional theater in Philadelphia for like 10 years um, before I moved to Brooklyn at the end of 2016. Um, and you know, I had like a really rough transition. I moved out there with, you know, with a partner, um, and it just didn't work out. So I found myself out on my ass. Um, I was like, you know, went from living in a condo in Bushwick with, with my partner to living with four other strangers in their early twenties in bed I'm like in my thirties, you know, and, uh, with no lock on my door or anything. And those guys didn't like me for some reason. So I was just like, I never wanted to be home. I was so depressed. Uh, I felt so fucked up. So like all, and, and I was out of a job. Right. Um, or I just, I, I just started like a part-time job uh, before I met my producer, Rob, but I was basically like spending my days walking around uh, Brooklyn, like, like just hitting up dive bars and getting drunk and writing rhymes like I was just walking around writing rhymes in my head and and trying to get drunk as as cheap as humanly possible and I went to this dive bar and there was me at one end of the bar and then there was another guy at the other end of the bar and the 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 bartender was just walking back and forth kind of like you know having individual conversations with both of us and then this this dude like this weird dude in a suit came in and uh like plopped down in between of us and he set this device up on on the tape on the on the counter in front of him on the bar counter uh and it had like all these like readings on it and shit um and i was just gonna let it go but then he started like interjecting into our conversations and stuff he started interjecting into my conversations with the bartender and like commenting on the other guy's conversations with the bartender um and so I, I was just like, okay, this guy's being annoying. So he's kind of asking for it. So I was like, you know, like, 
I wasn't going to say anything, but what is that? Like, what do you have there? And he's like, well, if you must know, I'm a ghost hunter. And I was like, ah, here we go. Time for some comedy. And I just like, I just roasted this guy. He was like, I felt a little bad for him because he was like probably somewhat on the spectrum or something. But he was like, aren't we all? He was trying to get I think we we all are now. We have we have Facebook and Instagram to thank for that. Exactly. (laughs) But um well, speaking of which, isn't that a topic for today? Very interesting. (laughs) But uh yeah, so I'm talking to the ghost hunter. He's trying to get me to go to his ghost hunt that night and stuff, and I'm kind of like I'm egging him on. I'm asking him like sometimes serious questions, sometimes like really obviously stupid questions. Like I asked him one time, like it was like, you know, like when the Ghostbusters, when they cross the streams, is that real? And he's like, no, it's a, it's a fucking movie. It's <laughs> so I was like getting him going. And then like, uh, uh, people were like coming in from the hockey game at the Barclays. And, and so like, people were just like kind of starting to like listen in and it was like a little bit of like a show me roasting this guy. And eventually he left. And then the guy that was on the other side of the bar came over and started talking to me. He's like, yo man, like you're hilarious. What's your story? You know, that kind of thing. And we got to talk about how I act and you know, how I uh, wanted to get into voiceover. And he was like, I got a studio. I can, I can, you know, help you record your voiceover demo. And I was like, wait a minute black guy in Brooklyn with a studio. Do you do beats or anything like that? He was like, yeah, yeah, that's what, that's really what I do. And I was like, all right, can I come? And then, you know, I went to the studio that night and um, basically it was 50 bucks an hour. Um, and I got blackout drunk recording and woke up the next day. And I was like, fuck. Cause I was like, bro. <laughs> so I was like, how much do I owe you? And he was like, well, you know, we, we recorded all night long, but you know, I can, I can, I can, you know, cut it in half for you if you recorded this beat right now. And so we did another song and then I've just been like, you know, I've just been recording with Cortex ever since. So that's like the the story of how I met my producer and how I like officially became Johnny raps. Um, I always wanted to be a rapper, but I never had the outlet. Um, and you know, uh, Rob, AKA Cortex kind of made that, you know, possible for me. He's, he's invested a lot in me, a lot of time and resources and stuff like that. And he's, he's really what's made it possible. If I didn't have somebody like him believing in me and backing me, um, I don't know how I would have got started really. So, uh, you know, thanks to him for that. That's a crazy story. And shout out the quartets for having the vision and being able to help. Uh, because that's really what our community is all about, man. I, I scour the internet all day for artists that I feel are interesting that can really make an impact and try to get their story out there on a platform where they can share it and get it around. So it's awesome, man. Having that support system is key. Now, you mentioned you always wanted to be a rapper. You did the stage acting. Uh, I, I did that similar. I, I used to rap uh, when I was in third grade, what are you, seven, eight, I don't know, in third oh, nice. grade, um, used to rap all the time. And uh, it, then it got to a point in the 90s where everything was just so hardcore that I had to put it down because nobody would, you know, when you come from a household with both parents and you were a Boy Scout, and it, it was very difficult to, yeah. to try to make it an industry that at the time was super hardcore. So I'm yeah. envious now because... After Kanye, I really saw hip hop where you could be yourself. You didn't have to, 
you know, be violent. You didn't have to do this or that. So that's that's very awesome. Now, was that really your first time laying it down? Because I know with a lot of rappers, there are rappers that can rapidly rap rap, but don't know how to make songs. And you can do a little bit of both. I When I hear it, I'm like, okay, this is a song. This is catchy. I can see this in a movie. I can see this in a sitcom. But there's some bars underneath that as well. So how long have you, or really, was it just a hobby that you kept to yourself that no one knew? Or was it something that you had books written that you were just going to, you know, only for you and no one would ever see? I had like a book written. Um, oh. but <laughs> um, Yeah, like I it like started out like when I was a kid started getting stoned and just like freestyling off the dome and stuff like that. I was much sharper at that back then. I was much sharper at like improv and coming up with things off the top of my head. I really, I don't, I got to write it now. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, For me to feel comfortable at performing it anyways. Um, I don't, I don't find my, like my freestyle to be, uh, uh, I'm not going to put a price tag on it. There you go. <laughs> but um, yo, I used to I did, did that and wasn't taking it seriously at all. I just loved hip hop. Um, and then I I started a sketch comedy group back in the day, um, where one of my characters was um actually Jesus. If he were if he came back for the rapture now, and he it, in order to get people to lend him his ear, he becomes a rapper. Um, so that was, that was Jesus, G dash Z U S. And I love um, it. I, I love yeah. it. I think you may need to bring that back for it. I, I, I can see, I can see the vision. <laughs> I can see the vision. It, well, we, that's what we started out with. Kind of, we started out with Jesus and we did a couple, uh, like, like hardcore Jesus songs and Jesus is like, also like more like gangsterish and stuff. Cause it's a caricature. It's not right. Me. You know what I mean? Right. So that the way the reason I wanted to like kind of like to play that character was because I did like I, I felt like I had a vehicle to be to be to sound more gangsta or to like you know be less myself. Right. Um and but like you know, first of all, you with a character like that, you end up painting yourself inside a box because you gotta make like I just like ran out of, and after like three tracks, I ran out of Bible references. And then, <laughs> you're like, what then, happened like, Deuteronomy? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, um, and then also, like, I really was like, I do think I was like at first just coming with too many bars. And, and that was like the big, the big learning curve for me. And, it, and I think it took a couple years to really like, to get a grasp of what Rob was trying to tell me, but he was like, yo, you don't need to be all like lyrical miracle all the time. That's what he right. said. He's like, you know, like something like kids these days, you've got to like dumb it down. You got to make something catch. You got to have hooks. I didn't have hooks. It right. was all bars back then. And I was, I was totally like the type to be content to just do like a song that is just like a verse that is just goes on and on and on and on and doesn't stop. Um, and I like some of that rap. If I like, like, I like like when Sean Price does it because it does still sound like a song. Right. I don't like it when like Eminem does it because that it does sound like just like a lot of bars. Right. Right. If, does that make sense? No, it ma- it makes perfect sense. And I always tell that LL Cool J had a quote, and, and he can do both. Obviously, you know, icon. Shout out to LL Uncle L. 
they had a quote. He said, it can't always be chess. Sometimes it's checkers and sometimes it's connect four. <laughs> so that's hip hop. You know, hip hop can be everything. It can be lyrical miracle. It can be mumble. It can be whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to be as long as you feel something. That's the key. So yeah. absolutely. It makes perfect. And that sense. was that was the tough part is like is to, to get my point to the part where I was filling it with the hooks and filling it with trying to be catchy because I always thought of myself as like underground. And right. I don't know, you listen to my new song, part-time rapper. It doesn't sound very underground. It's kind of, it's, it's, I, I think it's kind of poppy. Um, but that said, I'm feeling it because it's coming from an honest place. Right. Where right. before when I was Jesus, it really wasn't really coming from an honest place. Right. And now uh, that I've, I've like fully embraced myself, um, even though, you know, every time you're ra- you, even if Johnny raps is still somewhat of a persona, but it's, it's, it's coming from an honest place. You know, I'm the part-time rapper. I, this is my work clothes until I fucking make it. And, and I'm not at my full-time job anymore. This is what I'm going to wear when I rap. I'm going to go up on stage after work with my fucking work clothes on. But that sets you apart. And that's key. You know, being authentic, regardless of what it is, is what ultimately is going to make you successful. And I can see that in your music is totally authentic. You know, I even though, of course, hip hop is braggadocious and, you know, hip hop is a very fake it to you make. How many rappers you hear, you know, talk about their Bentleys and the girls, and then you ask them for the studio time, and they're like, "Hey, brother, let me uh, borrow." I was like, "What happened to the Bentley? Why? <laughs> why do we have a we have a studio here? Sometimes we'll yeah. have artists come and you know record in the studio, and you know I'm very reasonable, and the same thing. They'll say, "Hey, man, can I get a cut? Uh, you know, a discount? No problem." And then they get on the mic and they get in the booth, and they're like, "I just dropped a million. I'm like. I'm only charging a hundred, bro. Can I get, can I get a hundred off of that mill? What? So it's a very hip hop. It's all about that. So it's, it's so, it's so based on, uh, so much of it seems to be based on image. Yes. In a way. That's music, Um, music industry, period. You know, hip hop, of course, but artists like yourself are definitely breaking down that wall. And and it's been uh, a constant shift where people just want to hear what you have. Now, speaking of what you have, you've put a lot of content out since last year. You've released mm. two EPs. You have your Quarantine Rhyme King, which is dope, and then you have The John Smith. And then, as you mentioned, you just dropped the single Part-Time Rapper, and the music video is awesome. It's very <laughs> autobiographical, but it's very fun. And it's something that I feel sometimes is missing in hip-hop. Sometimes it's too serious have you felt that that isolation i'm hearing this with a lot of artists the isolation of the pandemic has it increased your creativity have you felt without all of the distractions of being able to go out because there was a solid 18 months where we couldn't do shit Mm -hmm. did you you find that it helped increase your creativity or did you find not being able to go out hindered your creativity i don't think it did i don't think it went as shifted either way really um, cause my creativity, I mean, there's, there's the forced creativity that where I, I force myself now to write every day on the train when I go to work, that's my writing time. Like my main writing time. 
So I, I, at the very least, have to write for at least an hour a day. Any, I, I can always do more, but I at least got to do that five five days. So I'm, I'm writing at least five hours a week, right? Um, outside of my my full time job. But th- so there's there's that which is you know kind of dictated creativity time, and sometimes it's just bullshit. But I got to write something. Um, but then there's like you know, the creativity that is just inspired by life. And that's, that's mainly what I go with. Um, you know, sometimes I'll just be like, I need to make something. Rob, do you have any beats that you think I can rap on? And then he sends me some beats and then the beat inspires it too, you know? So it's usually like, whatever's going on in my life at the time or whatever happens with the beat, you know, whatever the beat inspires. But I don't know if I'm fully answering your question. Um, COVID made it easier for me to get shit done. Yeah. If that makes sense. But it also created roadblocks because this part-time rapper project was supposed to come out in 2020. Right. And, uh, but but the deal I have with Rob is that I'm I'm before we drop the album, every song needs to have a video. So I'm still in the process of creating those videos. And last year, you know, the pandemic made that impossible. Um, yeah. So the next single um, is actually my fan favorite for when I perform live. This is the super super duper most dumbed down song I have. Proving that people like bars and people like just to have fun. The song's called Pussy. Um, and the, you know, the video is sick, but we, you know, we've been planning to work on this video for years. So like we had everything planned out and then the pandemic happened and it shut everything down. And I was like, ah. Like, cause literally I think we recorded the song in like 2018 or 2019 or something. Oh, wow. Wow. But, so it, it really hindered it. It really yeah. hindered it. Oh, it's a gem. So like, first of all, you know, those gems you got to hold on to because like, I don't want to be putting it out to deaf ears. Sure. So I wanted to have, we wanted to have more attention. And, and so what I did with the pandemic was, you know, I already had all this other content. So we put that, left that in the chamber. And then I came up with a bunch of new contact for those two EPs. Cause I was like, well, we got to do something in the meantime. Right. Anyway. Right. So then the, you know, and the quarantine rhyme king, though, a, lot, so a handful of those tracks or a few of those tracks were, uh, well, it's, it's all a handful of tracks, but a few of those tracks were definitely inspired by the pandemic. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and what mood I had going on and, and I, and, you know, it goes to show you that everything is not always fun with me too. Cause I have on the, on the John Smith EP, the first track is, is probably my most serious song. The, uh, it's my fault, the white people song, um, <laughs> which, which is, you know, I say some pretty extreme shit in that song. So I was in a pretty dark place, right? Uh, definitely. Right. So I guess the, the the pandemic did help in that regard. Yeah, and I think it's give and take with the yeah. pandemic. I know even with my media company, um, it's something that I wanted to do for a long time, uh, and I started my very first episode December thirty first, twenty nineteen. 
not knowing <laughs> that in 24 hours, the world was about to flip upside down. <laughs> but it allowed me to create uh, because I couldn't do anything. I couldn't. I'm a big EDM guy. You can probably tell by the background. So I'm, I'm normally at Moonrise Music Festival recording and working with artists and things of that nature. Couldn't do right. that. I'm normally going to Vegas for it. Couldn't do anything. So it really just kind of narrowed down. So I, I feel with a lot of artists, we, we haven't been able to get the stuff out, but a lot of us have been able to stockpile stuff. So it's, it's definitely a, a gift and a curse. Now, do you work with the same team on all your music videos uh, or do you work with different people or is it just the same team? Well, you know, the first couple of videos I put out, like I put out a video for my first single that I put out in 2018 called Mousetrap USA. That's another song with a message. It's about, you know, gun violence and gun control, right. basically. Um, that video um, was the, the second video that I did, but the first video that I put together all by myself and like got got people involved. Um, and so I worked with a, a, a specific director on that one who was a, who was a college buddy of mine, a really good friend. Um, but basically like, that's what he does. I mean, the video turned out really good, but that's what he does for a living. Right. So it's like, it's, it was kind of hard to, uh, nail him down. Cause he was all like going around working on projects all over the place. Um, <clears throat> so, um, basically in in 2014, I started working on an independent film called Shithead, and um, I, I play the lead in that movie. And uh, that movie we worked on for six years before it actually came out in January of this year on Amazon. So. Uh, um, I made very good friends with the director on that. I mean, he basically became one of my best friends ever because we worked on this movie together for so long. Um, and, you know, I really dedicated myself to that project. And I think, you know, in return, you know, Mike was very interested in, in directing my music videos, you know, pro bono. Um, and he is a fucking amazing amazing like special effects dude and editor and stuff he's a great director but in post man he he knows how to make everything look amazing um so you know we did the murder hornets video from the quarantine rhyme king where i literally just like rec recorded myself or had a buddy record me on an iphone in prospect park and i sent it to him and he animated that. And then for like this, the, the, I don't know if you saw like the cartoon snippet from the Blairsville yeah. plus Brooklyn song, the Blairsville plus Brooklyn. And that, that was from the same shoot. He just animated those two things. Um, and I was like, damn. And then, so he was like, yeah. So for like the, you know, for the, for your next big project, I really want to do the pussy video. Um, and I was like, well, we got to do videos. I got to do videos for all of them. If I'm going to put it out and he's like, well, I'll do all the videos. Okay. Um, so he came down in, I think it was, uh, I want to say March, February, March. He came down and he flew in from LA for a weekend and we booked out a studio, um, uh, for five hours. Um, so we shot there and we shot in a bunch of other locations and we got three solid videos out of just that one weekend. Um, then in May I hired 
um, another uh, director who uh, worked, who is uh, running my old sketch group in Philadelphia, the one I told you about where I do, where right. I did Jesus. Um, so I had him direct it and then Mike edit it and post. So it had the same aesthetic. Right. Um, but it, this was one where Mike, Mike was like, you know, just do like the same the old thing. Just like, you know, just shoot it and send it to me and I'll animate it. And I was like, wait, with this video, this is the, this is like the title, like the, the project itself, the album itself is called part-time rap. Right. Right. So this is no the title titles. track. This the is key, the whole like, track. yeah, this is the concept. This, right. this, this is setting it all up for everybody. So I really want to shoot on location with this and stuff. So, you know, I hired Kurt um from high drama um and kurt reedy and you know the 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 dudes the goofy dudes that you saw in the video were are my boys from the old sketch comedy group dc fisher is the head writer and uh jason singer is the is the the crazy uh animated red-headed guy uh and yeah so it, it, it was great to like pull them in and I just, from, from being an artist my entire life, I have, you know, people over here that can do this and people over there that can do that. And it's so much fun to like bring them all together in different ways. Um, but to, to answer your question, yeah, I pretty much, I, I do keep it with like the same core team. Like, like even, uh, I, I don't, even if if, uh, if somebody else does the beat or whatever, like Rob's still mixing the song, right? You know right. what I mean. I'm still like consulting him on how he thinks it sounds and stuff. You know what I mean? He he helps me decide if it's in the chamber. I don't make any of those decisions like unilaterally. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I have like, like he does he does most of the beats. I I have a buddy from home uh, from my hometown in in Blairsville, Pennsylvania. Um, the dude lives in Pittsburgh now, Dre Hayes, and he does he does uh, a good deal of my beats too. He did the beat for uh, White People and COVID four twenty and uh, Quarantine Crush, um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, we do have a good, good, good core team, and then Mike's like the head videographer. It, it's dope. It's dope having a team, and and that's what you know. Building a team strong. When you're a creative, you meet people. I, I remember when I got married many, many years ago, and the whole wedding was pulled off for nothing because being a creative, we had fired jugglers at the wedding. The older people were like, "What the hell is going? Is she swallowing fire?" I'm like, hey, that's what it does, and it's free, so that's your entertainment. So that is that is super awesome. And now the dog is acting crazy, so we'll edit that out. Uh, so now, when I was growing up, white rappers were few and far between. We had the Beastie Boys, who were dope. We had Third Base, also dope. House of Pain was dope, and then Vanilla Ice came out, and he messed it up for a lot of people. Yeah. Until Eminem came out, and so really, it's it's ironic. And Eminem has touched young black teenagers. Has uh, get cortex. What about young black teenagers? At the bottle and twist the cap. <laughs> yeah, I, they they were dope. They were dope. They were at house party. I didn't know if they were actually white or not. I didn't know if they were when I was a kid. It's sometimes when some it, one thing we do in the black community when you're really cool. 
we'll make it black. Like John B. when he came out, people were, oh no, he's mixed. And I was like, no, he's clearly a white guy. They were like, no, no, he has a haircut. He, he, he's black. So that's what we do. But yes, young black teenagers was awesome. Never understood the name, but they were dope as well. <laughs> I don't even know who you guys are talking about. I'm going to listen to this on the way back to Jersey tonight. All you have to do is there's a song ahead. Tap the bottle and twist the cap. All about drinking 40s. They were white right. guys with dread, right. and they were super dope. So, yes, <laughs> I, I get that reference. I'm a hip- well, yes. see, I growing up listening, speaking of white guys with dreads, I grew up listening to Insane Clown Posse. Oh, ICP. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. ICP is hilarious. I'm a big wrestling fan as well. So, I uh, wasn't the biggest ICP music fan, but I love what they did with the backyard <laughs> wrestling. It, it was awesome. So, I was like, yeah, it fits perfectly. But in hip hop, it's one of the places where being white is not an advantage. Do you find it harder <laughs> as an MC saying, hey, you know, don't worry about this. I'm just giving you guys dope content. Or do you look at it and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take this challenge on, on making you respect me because I'm in a button up. I've got my glasses on. You don't know the dopeness that is about to come out. Do you look at that as an advantage or is it still a disadvantage? Because even Eminem said, hey, you know, it's a disadvantage for me. Well, I'll give you one example of how it's an advantage and one example of how it's a disadvantage. Because I don't think I view it as either. I just think it okay. is what it is now. I think maybe, a more, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe more of an advantage now that I'm, I've fully embraced it and I'm using that to my advantage. Because, you know, basically like, uh, before the pandemic, my ex brought um, her niece uh, to one of my shows, you know, young, you know, 21 year old black woman. And she was like, yo, like all of those dudes were nice, but you were different. <laughs> so she was like, I would just keep riding the little Dicky vibes. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, OK, basically, you know, but I'm going to do my own version of that. I don't right. want to be the next little Dicky. Um, I don't think our sound is the same, but I, I, I see how I can fall in that category. I could see um, the energy. I can, I can definitely. And, you know, it's the same thing with artists like Tyler, the creator, or, you know, any of those artists that yeah. have that comic side to them, but are actually bringing real fire when it comes to the music. So yeah. I, I think that's definitely an advantage. I think it's an advantage because uh, you have the freedom to be whatever you want to be when you don't have those preconceived notions in front of you. Yeah. So I always thought, you know, yeah. hey, it's an advantage because you can do whatever you want to do. So, so here's where it was a disadvantage. Here's where it was a disadvantage. Okay. I did a promo with Busta Rhymes. I don't know if you saw it on my page. I did a promo yes. with Busta Rhymes. I did. I heard he was you listening. Listen to my song, Double Burger, which is like, as far as any of my friends that have listened to my shit are concerned, that's like, up until Part-Time Rapper came out, that was everybody's favorite. Okay, uh, including my fiance's eighteen-year-old sister. So I'm always like, I'm always taking like stock in what the kids are saying, you know. You to. Maybe too much, but um. So I that's the song that I sent to to Busta for uh him to do a video shout out with. So he starts the song. He's like, yo, he introduces it, and he already looks befuddled. He's like, he's like, double burger. I guess we're going to have to see what Double Burger is all about. And he presses play, he listens to it until like it gets like up to the first chorus. And then he comes in and he cuts it out. And 
you know, I, I, have you heard the song? Yes, yes. So it's the chorus is double burger, best white rapper that you never heard of. The song is about me being an unknown white rapper. Right. And he looks, you know, he looks at the camera and he's like, I can't relate. <laughs> so like, and he wasn't hating. He was like, right. you know, he was like, yo, but like keep the faith. And, you know, that's, that's why you invest in yourself. So you can learn how to make this shit how it's supposed to be is what he said. And, um, you know, like at first I was like, damn, like Busta doesn't like my song. But then I watched it again and I was like, this is honest. And I love him because he's not bought. You know what I mean? Like everybody right. says like these celebrities are bought and like, you know, I paid for that. He could have easily just like said some nice shit. This is the hot shit. Right, me. right. You know what I mean? But anyways, to stay on topic, that is where it was kind of a disadvantage because, you know, Bust wasn't feeling it or he didn't get it he didn't right. maybe he didn't get the humor like i think maybe he thought i was really trying to be serious with those bars <laughs> it, it, he may have been because you know he's a wordsmith him, himself so yeah. you know, he man he's old school you know we're talking about yeah. a guy that was it people forget because busta has been around so long like he was in leaders of the new school bro i've seen like busta rhymes is almost like Goku. He's had so many transformations. I remember he was like skinny little guy with dreads. Then he got really fat for some reason. Then he became like a bodybuilder. So he's been in the industry for a long time, which when you're in the industry in a long time, you can get locked in. You can get, and that's why you'll see a lot of rappers from the golden era. I consider 90s hip hop the golden era. They're not making it today. Very few because they're locked in gotta have that boom bap i gotta have this i gotta and like you said you gotta be in touch with the kids because the kids aren't listening to that stuff at all you know they're listening to the the, it's kind of how i was when my brother introduced me to curtis blow with you know when when i was a young kid i'm like what is he talking about he's just like i went to the you know 80s rap kind of sucked when you think about it. Like, you know, it, it, it literally was like they rapped. About, I only go back but so far, man. And yeah, I do look like, like 1988-89. Yeah, I can give you a playlist. I can definitely give you a playlist if you want. I'm a hip-hop historian. But when you look at something, you know, of course, people like Rakim, KRS-One, they're timeless. But a lot of the artists is literally like, I got some water and talk to my daughter. And you're like, oh. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's all you got. That's all you got. So absolutely. So are you ready to have a little fun? We've been having fun, but are you ready to have some more fun? So we always play a couple of games before you get your official Denmate stamp. The Denmate stamp comes with a lifelong full of promo. You're in the gang. We'll rock with you forever, but you got to earn it. So we have two games for you. Let's earn it. Okay. It's hard to earn. The first one is called Musical Mount Rushmore. I came up with this one day. I smoked the J and I, I came up with an idea. The aliens have just come to your door. They say, John E. Raps, for some reason, we're really into mountains and we're really into music. So we need you to give us four artists that are going to go on your musical Mount Rushmore. They can be from any genre. They can be alive or dead. Nice, but if these artists suck, we're blowing up the world. So, it's on you. John E. Raps. Who goes on your musical Mount Rushmore? My musical Mount Rushmore. Okay. I'm just going to go in. I got 
Sean Price. First of all, wait, how many how many presidents are in Rock Morris? Four of them. Four of them. Okay, yeah. So I'm gonna say Sean Price. I'm gonna say Prince. <laughs> I think the planet's safe. Prince alone. I think the planet's safe. Let's go. Fuck. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. Uh, let me get David Bowie up there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna like get David Bowie up there. No, I'm gonna take him back down. I'm gonna put Bob Marley. Okay, all right. Now we're down, talking up Bob Marley, and uh, I'll put Jim Morrison. Damn, we're safe, John. So fuck him. Take plan. him down, Jerry Garcia. Jerry you, Garcia. Hell yeah. So, okay. So okay. So it's 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 Sean Price. I know he's very random considering all the rest. He's not. He's not. If you're a hip hop historian like me, you know what Sean Price. He's a, the lyricist, lyricist. Right. I think he's hip hop to the core. Exactly. So we got Sean Price. We got Prince. We got uh, we got Jerry. And then who else did I say? Bob Marley. Morrison yeah. and Bob, Bob Marley. Marley. Yeah. First time I was tripping, I listened to Bob Marley. It's cool. Perfect. So. We're safe. You saved the world. Bob Marley and Prince alone saved the <laughs> world. Mentioning David Boy, he's so underrated. He's one of my favorite artists. I love Ziggy. Uh, so absolutely, we're safe. We are yeah, safe. I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to other artists that got bumped. Hey, it, it, I mean, sorry, I don't dude. think they would be mad when when uh, Bob Marley's on the list. I think you have to bow down and 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 humbly accept that L. So it's it's no problem with that. So now it's the second game. This game is called That, This, or Plead the Fifth. We're going to give you some spicy options. And you can pick that. You can pick this. But if you say, you know what? I'm not putting myself out there. I'm going to go ahead and plead the fifth. So are you ready? Tyler the Creator or Chance the Rapper? And the first one is that? Yeah, yeah. So the first I'm going to go, I'm going to go with that, Chance the Rapper. All right. Or no, no, no. I mean Tyler the Creator. Tyler, Tyler the Creator. The creator. Okay. Yay or Drake? Yay. World peace or $10 billion in your account tomorrow morning? And you can keep it real. Most people I'll say plead the fifth billion. on that one. I'll plead okay. the fifth on that one. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm high on my, uh, my ethics and morals and shit, but damn. Look, ten billion. I could save a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I'll change the world. Fuck that, man. Give me, give me the ten billion. Yeah, man. I, I only fix, need. I'll make world peace. Yeah, I only need one billion for myself. The other nine, I could donate, make world peace. You know, like Jay said, I can't help the poor if I'm one of them. So, hey, absolutely. Now, uh, Eminem or MGK? Oh, Eminem. Easy one. Easy one. <laughs> I don't know not one. I don't know not one Machine Gun Kelly song lyric. You'd be surprised. The younger generation. I've had three <laughs> interviews. I posed that question, and they said MGK, and I I wanted to cut my recorder off, but I couldn't because I'd already. I don't even know anything he's ever that's ever come out of his mouth. I think the best thing that's come out of his mouth is Megan Fox. That's probably the <laughs> the best thing. <laughs> See what I did there. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> performing or creating? Performing. 
You win. You got it. Perfect. Perfect That's score. It? Perfect score. That's it. You got it. Which means you get your official denmate stamp, gang gang, which means you are affiliated for life, whether you want to or not. We'll always promote your stuff. You always have a home here. Welcome to the team. So the floor is yours. You've earned it. This has been a fun interview. You've enlightened. Your stories are awesome. I think you're super talent. Let the denmates know what you got going on, where they can find you. The floor is yours. All right, Mars. Well, first, I just want to thank you for having me. It really means a lot. Uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, my name is John E. Raps. That's John dash E dash Raps. If you want to like type it in the search bar or, you know, you can find me on pretty much all social at John, J-O-H-N-E-R-A-P-S, John E. Raps. And we'll put it all on the screen. When we go into post, you'll see it all over there. All it'll be over my head and, and everywhere. It's just the dashes are important or, or you know, little John's going to come up or something. I'm not popular. I'm not going to populate. Right. If you want a little John, you know, you, little John and Johnny raps are not the same. That's the vibe you're going for. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. But the name the is John E. Raps. Uh, I'm with Holland Jungle Productions. And uh, we got a lot dropping this year. I just dropped part-time rapper single. And uh, as part of the part-time rapper project, we got a couple more singles coming. We got fucking eight videos and, you know, and then the the, the first LP, the first Johnny Raps LP Absolutely. coming out this year. And, well, check uh, out my boy, Johnny, on my bag already. I said, next is pussy. Hey, one of my favorite topics. Absolutely. So <laughs> you guys check out Johnny Raps. He's also going to be featured on the DITD uh, playlist on Mars Entertainment. So, guys, check on the site, uh, DITD Radio. It, we put some of the best artists up there. So, he's actually, I've already added a few tracks. So, if you're checking out DITD Radio, please check them out. It's dope. Everybody on the playlist is dope. John, brother, it's been a pleasure. Once again, you always have a home in the den. If you just want to kick it, if you have anything to promote, just shoot me a holler. I'm always there. We're going to also um, get some get your information. We have some merch coming your way. We like to uh, send all of the denmates uh, like a free hoodie or, or something like that. So we're going to get some merch out to you. And brother, I wish you nothing but the success that you deserve. You're extremely talented. I want to see your next album be full-time rapper. I, w- I want to see you be able to. Me too, be- man. Me too. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. I want to see your full-time rapper. You're dope. I salute you. And as always, thank you so much for coming. Denmates, this has been another stellar episode. Please check out my boy John Dash E Dash Raps everywhere Raps. on social media. Stream his music. I don't know if people buy CDs anymore. I know I haven't, but stream. I don't even music. fucking print CDs. Not yet. I don't even know where a CD player is at. I remember I bought my car a few years ago and I thought, I said, I paid $50,000. There's no CD player. I'm looking around and I went back to the dealership and he was like, dude, we haven't put CD players in cars since 2016. And I was like, oh, <laughs> That's, my, my RAV4 is a 2016. I still got that CD. I got two cases of CDs in there that I never use. I have my mom's old RAV4. I have a, a that's my beat around car. It's a 2008, and I bought it from her. And I was like, it has a CD player and a cassette player. So I was super amazed just having that. But uh, as always, guys, 
Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. It's been a blast. It's your boy, Johnny Raps. It's your boy, Mars. And as always, deuces. Raps. So like, comment, subscribe. The show's starting right now. Let's go. Like, comment, subscribe. The show's starting right now.